0: people have a hard time hearing a woman speak the way that I do, women included. I think what people are most comfortable with when women are talking about these topics is, oh, poor me. This happened to me today and like the sad music and I, I, I don't know. I, I can't do it that way. I'm more so like, here, this is the fucking problem and like, let's talk about it. And I don't know how to speak any other way.
1: Hey, everybody. Today's guest is my friend Renee Rena, and she is the wonderful host of the Mom Room podcast and um, is also an Instagram and TikTok social media sensation sharing the truths about motherhood. Renee, what's up? I'm a sensation. You're a sensation. <laughs> I love you this. You are. You are. Oh you have like all kinds of stuff going on. Your degree is in psychology, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor.
0: 3 days after I finished my PhD, quarantine started. Ugh. So, I never ended up getting a job after school. I was in quarantine with Milo and that's when I started using TikTok like everybody else and then I started putting more effort into Instagram as well. And then I started the podcast like all in quarantine.
1: I think I might've started following you after seeing a reel that you were doing about like just describing your day with your kid at home to your husband when he comes home from work. And it was so hilarious. (laughs) Like you might have to step in here, but it was like, and then this like Bird came to the window or something. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it was like I have a few of those actually because yeah, quarantine with an eighteen-month-old and my husband would get home and I would tell him this like forty-five-minute story about oh my god, like we saw a bug and so I thought it was dead and then Milo picked it up and it wasn't dead, like it flew away and (laughs) then like da 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 and my husband and then after I would tell the story, looking back on what I just. Like told him for forty five minutes, I was like, Renee, you need to get a life like <laughs> I gotta get out
1: more. I need to focus my attention on something else here, right yeah,
0: yeah, well,
1: what I also love that you share about so well um, is being the default parent. Um, can you kind of say in your in your own words what being a default parent means for anyone who's maybe not heard that term before?
0: yeah, the one time i started to feel like a default parent was in quarantine it was almost like this unspoken thing like i was always the one that was almost attached to milo so i started to recognize that on saturday i would be like i'm just gonna go pee okay and i'm like why the why am i saying that like why am i announcing when i have to go pee and my husband will just get up and go pee And all these things, like Saturday morning, my husband would make pancakes for breakfast or something. And I'm like, okay, I'm really irritated that he's making breakfast. Like on paper, it sounds great. It looks great. People are like, wow, your husband's making breakfast. You're so lucky. But I felt very unlucky because I didn't want to be doing what I had been doing all week, which was making sure Milo wasn't hurting himself and entertaining him and all the things. And then nowadays I still talk about it, even though, you know, the world is back to normal and I don't, I'm not a default parent by any means. Um, But I always feel for people who are in that situation because it's hard to verbalize to somebody That, like, I want a break from the job that I have been doing all week. Mm -hmm. Because as moms, I think it's kind of frowned upon to be like, can I have a break from childcare? Like, let me make the breakfast. Let me go cut the grass, you know? Because I want a break from what I've been doing. And nowadays, a lot of people will say something like, well, my husband works long hours, so I'm naturally the default parent. But To that, I say, like, no, you're the primary parent. Mm -hmm. You're like, when your partner is home from work, what happens? That's when you really identify whether or not you're the default parent. Like, do the kids go for you for a snack? Do you always prepare their meals? Are you the one doing bath time and bedtime? Like, even when your partner is home, that's. Kind of how I would look at it. Like what happens when both parents are home? Is it 50-50? Can you up and leave? And then your partner can run the household and take care of the kids for 48 hours. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I describe it.
1: Yeah, I, I think about this all the time because I am, I I guess then in this like definition that you're using, I am the primary parent because my husband is very involved and hands-on on on the, when he is inside the home and I can absolutely leave him to his own devices with our, with our kids and always have been able to pretty much. Um, Maybe earlier on, it was like, this is how many ounces in the bottle of this time of day or that kind of stuff. Like more, like this is the schedule. You got to get used to it type thing which I feel like that's fine. Cause that's like new, this is like what and it's I've always been doing changing. all day. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. always changing. And, um, it's funny, like I, but in there in so many ways, even though he is like very hands-on, very capable, helpful, all of that stuff, helpful. I hate that word when it comes to parenting. Right. But There's something that when we're both in the house together on a Saturday or whatever, just because the way that my mind is always working about, okay, what's next for the kids? What's next for the kids? What's next for the kids? His mind doesn't work that way. Um, It's not in his day to day repertoire. And then he'll say that, like, he feels like he's kind of like messing things up if he inserts like what he thinks we should do at this time or whatever. And I'm like, but all I really want, it's, it's really, it's really hard actually, because I'm like, I just want somebody else to make all these decisions, but also like, don't make the wrong
0: decision. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like what I want. I feel like a lot of moms, probably myself included, put this on ourselves. And to be honest, I'm always so jealous of my husband that he doesn't carry, like, what you're describing is like the mental load right. of like, like, my husband can flick on a movie on a Saturday afternoon and just be totally content, like, laying there watching a movie with Milo. Whereas me, I'm like, Um, the sun's going to go down at 5pm because of daylight savings (laughs) and we need to get out for our walk. Like we haven't been outside yet. Like we should be taking them to the park. And it's like, calm down, Renee. Like you, like we do it to ourselves and our minds are going 24 seven and we're constantly trying to do all the things and like want to be doing the best. You know, when Sometimes it's okay to just chill. Like yesterday, Milo didn't get out of his pajamas. And I was like, oh my gosh, like he didn't want to go for a walk with me. He didn't want to do anything. And I I was like, okay, like that's fine. Yeah, because like, aren't there days where you don't want to do anything? Exactly. I'm in my pajamas right now as we record this, you know, and it's like going to be noon soon. So to try and navigate or like to help that from not happening... I try and look at things from like a macro perspective. So like, okay, yesterday he didn't get out of his pajamas and he had a very like, you know, he watched some TV. We played games. Like my in-laws are here. So they entertained him. That's fine. Like look at like the month. What has he done this month instead of, oh my God, I'm so focused on this meal that he's having or the candy that he's eating like today or, you know, like try and like zoom out and look at the month or the last three months, the last week. And then you'll be like, oh yeah, like we've done a lot of shit. Like he's fine.
1: Why do you think we do focus on the micro so much though with our kids now? Do you think that this is a new phenomenon? I feel like our parents didn't do that.
0: My mom, I'm like, My mom obviously consumes all my content, listens to all the podcasts. She's always like, I don't remember dealing with any of this. And even my mamare, like my mom's mom, is like, I feel so bad for you parents today. Like, it sounds awful. And I'm like, I know. Like, I know. We're such
1: losers.
0: What is wrong with this? But they also, they didn't have the internet. Yeah. They didn't, you know, like consume parenting books like nonstop. They maybe had one that they like it sat on the coffee table. Like my mom was always like she was saying, we just did what felt right. And the only person that I really bounced ideas off of or like talked to about motherhood things was my aunt. Like that was her best friend growing up. They had young kids at the same time and she was like, we never judged each other. It was just kind of like, oh, you're you're doing that? Cool. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Great. it was, not, it was a non-issue. Good.
1: I know. So there's that, like, yes, there's completely the issue of social media and what we see out there, these images that we see and everything, right? But then I look at also somebody like you who's also, like, making it part of your, like, life's work, your mission to change a lot of what used to be, right? Mm-hmm. So in some senses, like, that micro... Focus is just unavoidable. Like you're thinking of everything that's going on and analyzing it, right?
0: It's interesting when we consume content, which is literally, it could be a photograph, we generalize that to the person's entire life. We're like, look at this cute reel of them at the pumpkin patch. They're like, Their entire life is perfect and they do everything properly. Their kids have never had a tantrum. Like, it's just so peaceful and you know what I mean? And it's interesting. I always found it interesting because I grew up with magazines, not social media. And so if I would pick up a magazine of this, you know, beautifully edited, photoshopped, like photo shoot, like a spread of like whatever family, let's say the Kardashians, whatever. Um, in my mind, I know that that has been heavily edited. It's like a make believe kind of thing. But today with social media, we don't look at social media that way. We don't look at it as this like curated. You know, it took half the day to get this one photo or. They filmed an entire 24 hours and pulled the best 15 seconds and put it together. We don't consume our social media content the same way we would consume like a spread in vogue. We're like, this is real life. Like people are living this way. And now I'm going to compare my life to that 15 second reel and and we're consuming it 24 seven.
1: Yeah, I think it feels like it all kind of changed with the invention of selfie mode mm, you know, like now we can turn this camera on ourselves and we can be the person in this magazine or make it look however we want and um i that's why I feel like when selfies became a thing, it was like so cringy, like, oh my God, you're taking a selfie, and now <laughs> it's just part of like every day, everything it's just so normalized, yeah, um I wanted to ask you your you know talking about like the real stuff of motherhood and and the things that moms go through and the default and the mental load and uh, all that we work, you know, that we're, we're taking on and, and calling it out all of the time and calling it out. Like I would say you are particularly call things out in a very unapologetic manner. So like no really softening of that message for, you know, the male ears, but there's a thing where you can sort of deliver your message in a way that, like, you know, that maybe would appeal male- more to a male or patriarchal perspective. Right. But then is that also just selling out? I think, like, isn't
0: people have a hard time hearing a woman speak the way that I do? Women included, women and men. And I don't know how to speak any other way. Like, I don't know if I get this from my dad. Like, I <laughs> I don't know. But I learned that very quickly, especially on TikTok, where it's not so much like people that are seeing your content are mostly your followers. It's more so like your content is being sent to like Joe Blow in Alabama. And Joe Blow hates me. And I think what people are most comfortable with when women are talking about these topics is, oh, poor me. Like I, you know, like this is, like maybe that's more relatable to a lot of women, I think, because that's how maybe they would deliver the message and what they're comfortable seeing. But I've never been able to to do it that way like to talk about a topic in a way where i'm upset and like oh like this happened to me today and like i wish you know like with like the sad music and i i i don't know i i can't do it that way i'm more so like here this is the fucking problem and this is like like let's talk about it and get the message out i don't know like this is so interesting
1: I run into this as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think people think that if they met me in person, I would be unkind,
1: maybe. I see. I know what you're saying. I don't feel that way about you because I feel like I have a good sense of like the fact that you're like a fun loving like goofball too. You know, it's like you're not just like I'm a serious bitch talking about with (laughs) all the time or something. Right. But like, I know what
0: you mean. Yeah, like I'm sure there's people who are like, ooh, if I ran into her, like she would be, but it's like the complete opposite. I could not be more concerned with making someone else like feel comfortable in person. It's actually like a flaw of mine. Like the pedicure person could like cut my toe off and I'd be like, oh my God, it's fine. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm sorry, did I move? Like, that is so me. Um, You don't know someone just because you're consuming their content, you know? Yeah, I also wanted to ask you about uh you have one child, mm-hmm. Milo,
1: and he's what 6? Five, 5 5. Okay. So, and that is um you, you're consciously one and done, right? Like that was like a that was a decision.
0: Yeah, I I have wavered here and there, but after like a couple months, I'm always back to like, yeah, no, I don't want to have Another one. But yeah, it it hasn't been easy. And that's another thing that I need to talk about more is like the difficult decision of family planning. It's it always appears to me that other people just have it figured out and they know, like, oh, yeah, I wanted two kids, I have two kids, or yep, I'm having one and I am done and like that's it. Whereas for me, it's been like up and down and up and down. It's really hard. And I, I don't see enough content. I'm going to freaking make something today about this topic. Yeah. <laughs> like it's hard. And nobody talks about the struggles of trying to decide if you want more kids. Um,
1: when you like in your, you know, pre-kid life or whatever, when you envisioned your Self as a mother or did you envision yourself as a mother and did you envision yourself as like a mother of more than one
0: child? It's interesting because I thought that's what I would have wanted but then once I got into grad school and I was like living in an apartment by myself in Ottawa and living this kind of like adult independent life I was like, I don't want kids. I don't want to get married. I don't want any of this. Like I'm going to get a PhD and be a professor wherever my job takes me. Um, But then once I met my husband, that kind of switched. And I was like, yeah, like I was older by then. I was almost done school. He was almost done all his medical training. And then so I was like, yeah, let's have a kid. I think I assumed I would have more than one just because that's how I grew up. Mm -hmm. But then like I was saying after I had Milo all these things kind of like smacked me in the face and I was like oh my gosh this is a huge deal like this is hard this is completely life-altering it's kind of like I've gone from I'm not getting married I'm like you know Carrie Bradshaw to (laughs) to like yeah I'll have a kid I'll give it a shot (laughs)
1: Yeah, I know. It's funny. Well, this is we talked about this when I was just with you on your podcast was just like the way that your expectations veer from the reality of what life brings you, right? So it's like, did you think that motherhood would be easy? Or did you? Were you shocked or that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, I was the person that was so concerned about the nursery being set up. Okay, he slept in our room for like the first three months and I never stepped foot in the friggin' nursery. Uh, (laughs) Did I prepare for postpartum? No. Yeah. You know? And so now that's what I always stress to people like, never mind researching and like, driving yourself mad trying to prep for labor and delivery because for the most part it's out of your control mm-hmm. and you know you can prepare for like your hospital bag make sure you're advocating for yourself and you know what your options are and that kind of stuff but i feel like people do this massive deep dive on learning every single thing there is to know about labor and delivery and it's such like a blip in time and it's for the most part not in your control like what you think that's going to be the hardest thing when you have ex- when you have a baby. Yes, and it's so temporary and it happens so quick and then all of a sudden you're like at home with a newborn trying to navigate postpartum and crying every night and like like you crying, not the baby. Like you crying every night and the emotions and like I didn't want visitors for weeks and I was not expecting that. Like that I I thought you had a baby and everyone came over and it was this big happy thing. Like, no, I didn't want visitors.
1: That's something that you talk about a lot on your social media too, is like what to, like how to set boundaries.
0: Yeah. Which is so bizarre in our society because it's such a, like, we're so focused on the baby and we don't give, you know, two thoughts about the mom. And so it's just like, oh, they had a baby, like everybody rush over, like, let's go visit. And it's like a revolving door of visitors. Meanwhile, mom is like struggling, trying to figure out how to breastfeed, like all the, like not sleeping. And the thing that triggered me to talk about that topic, my mom was kind of like the gatekeeper of like I'll let everybody know when she's ready to have visitors. And my mom was kind of like my support person. So she was over all the time. And a support person is not a visitor. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. And I remember seeing my uncle at um, a family function a few weeks after Milo was born. It was like a celebration of life for my aunt that had passed away. And my uncle was like, oh, you're having a really hard time, eh? Like Your mom was saying you didn't want visitors. And I was like, I'm not having a hard time. I had a baby. Exactly. And I was like, oh, like not wanting visitors, people assume like, oh boy, like shit's hit the fan. Like, no, I actually had like a pretty normal postpartum experience and I didn't want visitors. And then the more I talk about it, the more I realize a lot of women don't want visitors, but they're too afraid to say anything because- They have to pretend like everything's fine. Yeah
1: exactly yeah I did not want visitors either not in the hospital definitely not in the hospital although not everybody adhered to those wishes of mine um but uh yeah and then also not not back at my house um for, for a while. Um, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's so hard. You just like, there's, I think that like at the, the beginning, there were a couple of days there where I was like, Oh my God, what have I done? I did not realize like life was going to be, you know, I was going to be so turned on my ass like from this, you know?
0: And I think that's what also makes me a little bit afraid of having a second. Because I'm so busy right now and I'm just like, go, go, go. And I'm like accomplishing all these things and it's exciting. And like, I don't want that to stop. Yeah,
1: I hear you on that. But
0: then at the same time, I'm like, are you going to make this big major life decision just because, you know, you want a podcast? (laughs) Speaking of all
1: of the fun things that you are like looking forward to and everything, I just have to ask you you had Matthew McConaughey on your fucking podcast.
0: What was that like? Oh my God. Isn't that nuts? It's nuts. It's so awesome. I was so happy for you. Like you want to talk about a gem of a human? Like he knew my name. Like he was like, when we finished recording, he was like, thank you so much. Like, I really enjoyed that. Like I was just like, we're best friends. Like he doesn't know that we're best friends, but I was like, "Oh my god, he's going to invite me to his house." Like. <laughs> <laughs> Daydreaming I haven't about heard from him. <laughs> all the fun you're going to have is a family together. You'll bring Milo. Oh my I god. Know. I just yeah.
1: I I was like so starstruck for you in that moment. I was like, "Oh my god, that's like so fucking major." And he does seem like that kind of a a nice guy. I read his book, Green Lights. Actually, mm-hmm. I let him read it to me because I did the Audible version. Same. I'm like, yes, I definitely want Matthew McConaughey to read this book to me. Yeah. yeah. But he seems like a good guy. Family man.
0: No, so good.
1: Before I let you go, I just like to ask everybody what their favorite snack is.
0: <gasps> oh, my God. I'll say three things. Okay. Like meal-wise, it's boiled eggs on sourdough toast with a lot of butter and salt and pepper. Mm. That's your breakfast, yeah. I always fixate on breakfast. I'll have the same thing for like six months, and then I'm like, till I can't even look at it yeah. anymore. Sweet snack would be chocolate covered almonds. Yeah, obsessed. And then salty, always chips. Like I am a chip monster. Are you? Which I haven't had enough recently because I heard they contribute to constipation. So oh, I've been trying you've to avoid be them. Careful. Oh, mm. um, so like I've kind of switched over to popcorn, but I love chips. But yeah, it's just annoying when you get constipated. I
1: love popcorn.
0: Have you ever had truffle salt?
1: I ha- I don't like love You're truffle. a non-truffle
0: person? I'm not okay. a non. I'm just not like a crazy over truffle. Okay, well, we were getting along. I would try- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a truffle fan. The- Fiend, Are like you? I love truffle. Yeah, like yeah. you're
1: always getting the truffle parmesan fries if it's on the menu.
0: If there's truffle on a menu,
1: it's on. You're getting. I'm it.
0: ordering it. Consider
1: yeah. it. Consider it eaten by Renee. Yeah. Before we go, you have to tell everybody where we can find you.
0: Oh, so on Instagram, it's at the Renee Rena or at the Mom Room Podcast. TikTok is just the Renee Rena and then the podcast is everywhere check it out well it's been a delight
1: chatting with you
0: thanks for having me on
1: i'll talk to you soon yes bye thanks so much for being here for more information on today's episode visit my show notes and if you enjoyed it leave me a review now get yourself a snack